Yo, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to episode 11 of the Get The Shot podcast. This podcast is for all you aspiring creatives looking for advice, looking for motivation, looking for stories about other creatives in this industry to help you get your shot at working in the sports creative industry. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's guest is Tay Ross from Blue Ox Films. We're going to be talking about her journey from becoming a soccer player to becoming a content creator. So excited for this episode. So let's get this thing started. Let's run it. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, we have Tay Ross on the other line. Tay Ross, how are you doing today? Hey, Billy. I'm doing so awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, It's Friday. We're almost at the end of uh, the week and ready to get the weekend started. So excited to have you on. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your Friday evening or afternoon to get on with me. Um, First, we're going to start with your, I guess, your title and kind of... um, where you, where you're working at now and just kind of what you do day to day for those who might not know you. Sure. So uh, I'm an editor and a shooter in my current position right now, which is kind of what I've done um, throughout my whole career. Uh, the company that I work for now, I get to have my hand in a couple of different things, which is great. Um, my career was first freelance for two years, videography. So kind of like manning that ship by myself, I learned a ton uh, and now I'm full-time with a company called Blue Ox Films out in Portland, Oregon. Nice. And what type of projects does uh, Blue Ox Films work on? They work on a, they work on a, quite a bit of, uh, work in a quite a bit of categories. Um, they do scripted and unscripted work a lot in the sports space, which is always dope. Um, and then kind of now growing into the docu space. Um, but overall, no matter what kind of category their work falls into, it's always like it always tugs on your heartstrings. It's always big and bold, um, gritty, and just fire. I guess would be a good adjective. Just fire. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. How did you yeah. get into the world of creative? Talk to me about what got you started on this path. I know I saw a tweet from you that said you picked up the camera at 14 years old and you fell in love with it. So tell us about um, that journey. Yeah. So um, something unique about me is that I'm fully self-taught, um, in the film space. I didn't go to college for it. I actually went to college for business. Uh, I really started, I, I, w- I was 14, picked up my dad's video camera that he used to film my soccer games with. Uh, and I made a video out in my backyard. It was called soccer is art. And it was cause I'm like a lifelong soccer player. So I was doing some freestyle tricks and I remember I laid a Mac Miller track over it. Rest in peace. And, um, I put the video up on YouTube and I got like 40,000 views overnight. And I was like, what is going on here? Um, and I remember I just, I fell in love with it right away. Um, my mom is the most creative person I know. And so I get my creative side, my story, story, building, story ability um, from my mom. So I really fell in love with the idea that I could have this camera in my hand and have the ability to tell a story and make an impact. Um, and from there, fully self-taught. You know, I've always called it YouTube University, figuring out trial and error. Uh, and that's how I kind of got into the space. For me, I, I was really lucky. Um, no day of my life really feels like work. And especially since I was, you know, an athlete before, I never really lost my identity after my sport ended, which is pretty rare. So it was a perfect transition for me into my career. Um, it's a huge part of who I am and, and I love it. Like, love it, love it. That's awesome to hear. And um, yes, YouTube University. I am a proud alum as well from YouTube <laughs> University because I am completely self-taught as well. Um, talk to me more about um, that aspect of being self-taught. Like what motivated you to learn, you know, to get better? Like what would you do to get better? Like talk to me about that journey of teaching yourself without like formal training. I think that uh, I just kind of applied film into the aspects of my life that already existed. So like, of course, soccer was one of them. Um, I loved to write. So like making short films with my friends, I think like when you do it in that way and you kind of don't go out and you're like, all right, I want to be in the film industry. Let me jump into some corporate stuff. You know, it's going to be hard to find momentum and motivation to move forward because you're probably not going to be passionate about the work that you're doing. So for me growing up when I was filming, it was always something that I love to do, whether that be, you know, I was out snowboarding, 
um, or I was with my friends. And so I would kind of just like, you know, have some questions and search, search it on YouTube. Um, and like, you know how YouTube is, it's like, just like this pit, like there's so much depth to the things you can learn and it can be a bit overwhelming at first. And so I'd always like make it a point to try and learn a couple of things and really practice them and apply them, um, and go from there. I think that, you know, a lot of the guys that, that I like on YouTube, you know, are entertaining, right? Because like, it's literally their career to be able to keep a viewer engaged. So I could just get lost, like in the depths for hours, you know, there's really no external motivation needed, but, um, I think everybody's personality is different. Do you know what the Enneagram test is? Uh, yes, I do. I am a three. <laughs> okay, cool. So that's perfect. That's what I was going to reference. So I'm a five. So I'm uh, an investigator and I love knowledge. Like I'm a sponge for knowledge. So for me, like with film being such a industry of vast like information, it was always really fun for me to try and learn as much as I could. And the doors were always there because YouTube is just like, it's ridiculous what's yeah, on there. It's, it's free. Crazy. It's it's insane yeah, the amount it's of free. Yeah. Exactly. Like everyone always asks me like how'd you learn this? How'd you learn that? And I'm like YouTube. <laughs> like YouTube. Just Google it. I don't know. Like your 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 program is crashing. Like Google the error code and, you know, figure it out. Um that's that's awesome to hear. Um what was what do you say would be the turning point was for your career or your journey to where like, you know, okay, I'm actually kind of good at this. Like this could be my career. Like when did that happen for you? If it was a moment or a series of moments? Um, I would say there's a couple different, there's three moments in my life that I think of specifically, but I think I knew that it could be my career when I was working um, in the athletics department at Rhode Island. So basically I had graduated because I played college soccer there. Um, I wore my letterman to, to rep Rhodey since I'm on the, the wrong coast right now. <laughs> Represent. Um, yeah. Um, so I would, I would, I was like a one man video department for athletics, um, right after I graduated, which is, you know, always so fun. Um, and I remember I would make videos specifically the basketball games. We'd have pretty big game nights and such a generous amount of people would reach out and say that like the video made them feel like a certain way. And I think for me, I think that's kind of when I understood that I had an ability to tell a story like in a unique, in a unique way. Um, so I was teetering on being like, okay, this is going to be my career. Um, I do some other things on the side. So at that point I hadn't decided, but when I moved, when I moved out to Denver about a year later, uh, I met everyone at fresh state media, which of course, you know, the company, if you're listening to this, you don't know them, check them out. They're the kings and queens of the sports content world, the best people you'll you'll meet. Uh, and they gave me opportunities there that opened doors for me that realized that this was my career. Um, and so that was kind of my middle stage. I did two years freelance, which I really do recommend because you can learn so much. Um, and then I just got here with Blue Ox this past month and it's been a game changer. And now I like know that this is what I'll be doing for the rest of my life. So I think for me, it kind of went in, in stages. It's like, am I going to do it? I know I can do it. Okay, I'm doing it. And now it's like, all right, like I'm going to become a true professional here. So I guess my story is like, it happened very naturally over time. And it's not like a decision that you need to make overnight. So it worked out well for me. And it's also not a decision that you need to make during or before college. You said you had oh, already no. graduated um, and you were working for the athletic department after your soccer career. And that's when, you know, those things started to happen. And I think a lot of people... Um, who are in college now or who are, who are about to go into college are, you know, needing to, or wanting to just know like right away, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to be. Um, and for those listening, and if you're in that position, just know that that's not the case. You don't have to, you know, decide what you want to do right then and there. Um, it takes time for everybody. Um, even if your friends, you know, are in the majors they want to be in and, and they're doing what they want, want to do, and everyone around you is kind of like in their own path. Like you can take your time with yours. And I didn't find out about, you know, videography until college. So sophomore year is when I found out about, you know, making movies or camera or making films and making videos. So um, it's mm -hmm. crazy how much can change over the course of a couple of years whenever you're looking back. Um, all right. I think we're going to let in Jonathan, who's our caller today. Um, so Sweet. let's welcome in Jonathan. 
All right, he says he'll be home in 15 minutes. So we are going to continue with our um, podcast. All right, so you talked about your, you know, how you got into where you're at now. Um, let's talk about let's talk about being a soccer player. All right, I'm sorry that just threw me oh, off guard. Right. Him not being ready. Okay, talk to me a little about soccer and if that has had any impact on you being a videographer now. Like, is there anything you take away from being a soccer player and that you apply daily? Um, in today's world? Yeah, I think, you know, it was single-handedly, like quite literally, the reason I first picked up a camera was to make that video. Um, and, you know, I'd always cut up like the high school edits. Like looking back now, it's like an iMovie transition. Terrible. Um, but yeah, so it was the reason I picked up a camera. But uh, I think that for me, sports are such a huge, huge part of my life. And being able to document them was so important for me. And so my life correlating with soccer, my life correlating soccer and film was always so fun. I think that the, the, the craziest thing is like, I think one of the best ways to start in your video career is by freelancing. And when you freelance, the career is insane because you're manning everything yourself. Um, and I, and you need your time management and you need a, a work ethic and you need hustle and you need to be able to, you know, lead people if you bring them on as contractors, as a part of your team. And so for me, those are like direct skills that I had applied from being a soccer player my whole life, um, to the video world. I think the second thing for me is creativity. My style of play was always cheeky and I like love to nutmeg people like any of my teammates hear this so like be mad because I just walk around nutmeg people it's like a joy of mine yeah um and so (laughs) for me because so the video is called soccer is art so like art and creativity and soccer for me were always like there was so much synergy between them so a lot of times like the fluidity that I would feel on the field I felt when I had a camera in my hand and kind of going from the field to behind the lens was always really easy for me um but the biggest difference is is like I never thought I would love something as much as I loved soccer. I'm a huge soccer junkie. And like, I think I love this more and I'm like realizing it now, like this past month. And the thing that's so crazy is like with soccer, I know I have, I have a really good work ethic, but I was always restricted by like the lungs in my body. I have asthma and it's, you know, it it really sucked for me. And I would, you know, work twice as hard as other people and still be right on the line with everyone else fitness wise. Uh, it was a huge pain in the ass. Oh, sorry. Can I swear on here? Uh, I don't know if you can, but let's say yes, you can. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. <laughs> All right. I'll just throw it up. Um, if, they, if they take it down, then we'll, I'll go edit it out. Anyway, so I, w- I would put in the work. I, w- I would put in the time and I was extremely passionate about what I was doing, but I just couldn't get to the next level. You know, I was, I was always good. Um, you know, I went out to Colorado and I played a year of semi-pro. So I was like, Oh, maybe I really can do this, you know? And I just could never get there to the next level But with film. You know, there's nothing that's really restricting me or stopping me from being great. It's the only thing I've ever felt like I could be great at one day. And like soccer for me, my sports career, like taught me how to think that way and like how to have that type of work ethic and hustle every single day and what I'm doing. So yeah, it was a really big influence for me. Um, I don't plan to ever have the game out of my life, but I would say now, like in the first chapter of my life, I, I was a soccer player. And as of like this year, I, I think of myself as a filmmaker. Did you, you, you mentioned you got your business degree at Rhode Island or I major? did. Okay. I'm a huge business nerd. How, talk to me about what made you pick business and then if, or if not, that helps you in today's world, because I think I get a lot of questions from people saying, what major should I choose? What college should I choose? Like, talk to me about that experience. Yeah. So, um, I was, a an entrepreneur at birth. I'm pretty sure it's like came out of the womb with a hustle. And, um, I started like my first business when I was in high school and I wanted to be able to make videos, but give them like a a true purpose, like a call to action at the end or something like that. Um, and something you'll learn about me through this call is that all my worlds just collide, but like exceptionally well, which is why I'm like the happiest person. Um, so it started my first business and I really loved it. Um, the reach that it had because of the ability, ability I had this camera 
Uh, and I loved knowing that I was making an impact in people's lives. And so when I was ready to go off to college, I had, you know, transitioned that business venture into a second one. And I knew that I wanted to study business. And so when I went to school, I started a company while I was there and I still run the company now and being at school and learning business, I think is like one of the smartest routes that you can go. And, um, that is one because the, the logistics and ethics and morals of business apply in everyday life, no matter what company you work for, what you're doing, like business knowledge is going to put you in a different space and other people, it will give you a leverage that you didn't even know you needed. If you can really understand like what's going on around you. Um, and two, because of YouTube university and like things like that, like you have the ability to really go to school and maybe get your hand, get a grip on business and understand that aspect while still putting in your own time to learn film entirely for free online. So in my mind, I came out of college with a double major business and then YouTube university. Um, so I would recommend it to anyone. I think business is truly fascinating. If you're an athlete, it's literally sports without a ball. You know, if you're like a fighter, it's like war without bullets. It's just, I just like really love it. So yeah. And if you do take the freelance route and you're starting off in your career, there's going to be things, business things that you should know that are going to help you bring in more clients, understand your numbers, help you move your career forward and ultimately open doors for you. So yeah, it's a great question and it, it definitely applies. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. I was a uh, broadcast journalism major uh, when I was at the University oh, of nice. Arkansas. Um, because I told my advisor when I wanted to make the switch, I was an engineer major my freshman year. That went horribly wrong. Uh, I did not do so well in any of my classes. Um, and I was just sitting there like, this is not for me. I am not trying to do this math for the rest of my life. I need to find a way to do like video as my major. And the closest thing they had was broadcast journalism. And I was like, that's not really what I want to do either. Like, I don't want to be in front of the you know camera talking about the news and talking about the weather and like all of that stuff. But I just like mm -hmm. just you know, sucked it up and just did it. Um, and then did YouTube university on the side. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think the major matters as much when it comes to, you know, being a content creator, but I think there's certain majors that you can pick that will definitely help you, um, help you out in your content creating career, such as a business major, such as communications, broadcast journalism, where yep. telling a story is really important. And that's where I learned that. Um, so, um, my friend, Andy, he's one of the content creators we have on staff. He's really good, really amazing. His major was biology. So like, it, oh, wow. it does not matter what major it is. It does not matter. Um, I don't think it matters really what college you go to. It just matters that you're willing to put in the work that. and the time to get better and, um, you know, just figure out how to become what you want to become. Um, talk to me a little bit about your freelancing career. What, what did you learn? Like, what was your biggest success? What was your biggest failures? What are some big lessons you learned from your time as a freelancer? So my freelance career uh, started because I wanted to um, continue to grow my personal company while also growing my film company. And obviously, you know, if you're working for yourself, then you have a ton of flexibility. And that was of huge interest to me. I didn't even know how much I was about to learn, but I learned it. And, uh, so I freelanced for about two years. Um, and my career started with building a website, building a portfolio. And that's a, a, a great first step to take if you're a young creative and you're, you're looking to, to be freelancing. I think, uh, I made mine on Squarespace as a platform that I'm really familiar with. It just made it super simple, really easy to navigate. And, uh, my jobs that I started getting offered, you know, came from word of mouth, which is a, a great way, you know, of, for, of course now social media, like you don't need to pay to put your stuff anywhere. Just put it up and people will see it. If, if, um, you know, you have followers and stuff like that. And so it started in that way and it would just kind of go word of mouth, word of mouth. And then I would take the initiative to reach out. I'm a huge fan of cold DMing, cold emailing and really going after, projects or companies that I want to be working with. That is like my biggest piece of advice to any young creative starting out is to take the leap and take the initiative on things that you want to do. 
um, while I was doing that and like starting to bring in some revenue from my freelancing efforts, I was also making sure that I was offering my work for free to companies or people that could help me get my foot in the door with direction that I wanted to go. And that is probably my second really big piece of advice, because if you can provide someone value early on in the process, one, they're going to trust you Two, They're going to come back and want to continue to work with you. Three, you never know who they know. And I can't tell you the amount of times I've done a job for free and it's led me to three or four paying other paying jobs. That's really big advice right there. Um, it started off, uh, pretty calm, pretty chill. And then it went into overdrive. And that was kind of around the time where I moved out to Colorado. I started building new connections. I got involved with first aid media who, you know, put me on a bunch of amazing projects with them. And then I also had my own freelance clients on the side. And, you know, one of my biggest downfalls, and it's, I think it's so important to make sure that you're self-aware of when you fail was like, I had so much on my plate. There was at one point, I'll never, I'll never forget it. I missed a deadline for a, um, one of my, one of the agencies I was working for. And I was like, I've never missed a deadline, like in my life. And it, it, like a, a real life deadline is not like a school deadline. Like, it's not like you just get like a little red mark. You like have let someone down, like they really care. Um, and it was, a, it was a terrible feeling and that helped me really get it together and learn the things I needed to learn to be able to manage my freelance career. And so, you know, if you're a young creator and you want to freelance, there's, there's a couple of tools that I would really suggest that you have. So the first one would be QuickBooks or uh, FreshBooks, I think is the free version, which allows you to do your accounting, keep track of invoices, payments, make sure you're on time with everything. That's huge. And it helps you understand your business. The second one is your Google Calendar or, you know, your iPhone calendar or whatever. I know that's crazy, but I never really used my calendar as much before as I did once I started freelancing. And now I keep everything like dialed, like on 10, um, reminders and everything. I don't miss any deadlines anymore. No dates, anything like that. Third one is my notes app. I use that consistently. You can set up folders and you can sync your notes app between all of your devices. assuming that you have Mac stuff on iCloud. That helps me like write down any creative ideas take notes on any edits or anything like that, that I want to be doing. Um, and things like that. And then the last of course is the creative cloud. You know, if you're a freelancer starting out, um, I believe you can get student discounts. Is that true, Billy? I think you can get student discounts on the creative cloud. Yes, you can with a dot edu yeah. email. You can definitely yep. get yeah. a, and I a think, discount. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't know that. So if you use your edu email, you can get a discount, which is great. And, um, those are really helpful tools that have allowed me to be more successful in my freelance career. Um, and then of course, you know, towards the end of my freelance career, that door opened that led me to blue ox that I've been trying to get to open for like all that time and it worked. And so, you know, I'm only speaking for myself, but I would say that that strategy of hustle, uh, cold outreach, making sure your socials and profile portfolio are dialed, uh, really kind of got me to where I wanted to go. Man, that was a lot of great stuff about the freelancing side. Oh, good, side. I'm glad. Um, phenomenal <laughs> stuff. I can't wait. In, in like a couple of years, people are going to be saying Tay Ross University instead of YouTube University because <laughs> you just dropped some gold gems on being a freelancer and you know taking care of your invoices, your calendar, all of that stuff. Great advice. Um, but let's keep it going. Jonathan is now ready right. for us. Um, so I'm gonna Sweet. let him in the room. Here we go, Jonathan. Yo, what up, Jonathan? Oh, I just hey, what's up, man? You got it. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, <laughs> it's going good. How about you? Doing good. I got Tay Ross on the line with me, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, let's start off with a quick intro from you. Just say your name and where you're from and what you're up to, whether you're a student or you're working, just so we have some more context about your situation. And then you can go ahead and ask the first question. Um, just to let you know, you are the only one calling in today, so you have unlimited questions. Ask as many as you want. All right. Well, I'm Jonathan Morales. I'm from the Chicagoland area, and I'm 20 years old, just working right now. And then I'm also doing music videos at the same time, too. So that's what I've been up to and just working on. Uh, all sorts of like clips and short films and stuff like that. Nice. That's awesome to hear. Um, what's your first question? Um, so 
I do music videos now, but eventually I want to cross over into sports and kind of work on that and, you know, work with teams maybe. So I was wondering if you had any advice on how to kind of cross over from that to, um, to sports. Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. So you're doing music videos now and you want to get into sports, correct? Yes. Okay. So what I like to tell people is that, you know, whatever it is that you want to go do, whether that's sports, whether that's music videos, travel videos, cookie videos, food videos, whatever it is, whatever you want to do, you need to reflect that on your portfolio, on your social channels, on your um, reel, whatever, you know, if you have a website, you need to try to mimic what you want to do on your portfolio to what you want to try to chase because that way when people go to your website, they go to your portfolio, they can say, oh, look, this guy has sports experience. Maybe we should hire him on as an intern or whatever to do sports because if they go onto your website now and all they see is music videos, your music videos may be great. They may be, you know, freaking bangers, but at the end of the day, it's not sports. And as a sports person, if I'm hiring someone for sports, I would ideally like to see sports on the reels of the people that I'm hiring. So that's my first advice is to you is to do that. So what that means, I mean, that's like the easy answer. What that means, um, the hard answer is trying to find, you know, sport projects around your area to get onto your reel in order to go after th those big teams, those big leagues, um, and like the professional level sports. So um, say you want to do football, you want to shoot in the NFL. Well, you're going to need to get football experience on your website, right? And they're not going to let you just on any NFL team, any NFL game to get experience. You got to go um, to the places that are, that are going to give you access to football games. So I would say reaching out to your local high schools, your local community college teams, your local college teams, like just reach out to football teams around you and say, hey, I'm a content creator. I'm looking to get into the sports world. I'm looking for sports experience. Like, would you hire me on to shoot your games or shoot your recap videos or whatever, or like even shoot your practices? Like, just give me a chance yeah. and then use that to build momentum on top of each other and, you know, eventually work your way up to a college level game or, you know, after that NFL. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's a great answer. Um, my advice actually piggybacks perfectly onto that. Uh, Billy and I were just talking about the power of social media outreach and power of the DM. And I think that, you know, it's such a huge opportunity for you to get your foot in the door with maybe some higher profile people in the sports world. Um, I've got a great friend, Owen Moy. He actually is working for the NFL now uh, on with the Patriots. Um, I think like just part time. And uh, he came out of high school about a year or two ago now uh, you know, 18, you said you're 20. So same kind of situation. Um, he wanted his dream job was to be working with the Patriots. He wanted to be working with the NFL. And so he would take the initiative to reach out to, you know, not the Tom Brady's of the world, but the younger guys that are on the squads, maybe they weren't in the NFL, but they played in the Ivy league or they played somewhere in college, you know, and he would, you know, take a couple of minutes every day to reach out to a few that he had an interest of filming. And a lot of these guys, because they have such strong social media presences, want to be able to have that content. And so you can send them your music videos, you know, assuming that they're bangers and say, hey, I'm a, like Billy said, I'm a content creator. This is what I do. Can I come make you a football video for free? And you take a day, you go and you film, you cut it up and you send it to them. They post it, they tag you. And eventually the momentum builds and it builds. And then, you know, if things work out, in the same way they did with Owen and the Patriots, the Patriots literally posted, or maybe the NFL posted, Hey, we need some content creators. Everyone that had seen Owen stuff, which was now a lot of people because of the high profile athletes that he worked with, referred him, tagged him, and basically blew up this page with Owen's tag and Owen got the job. And so it's like a really like taking all the information and kind of putting it together. It gives you a lot of different options of ways you can get your foot in the door. But yeah, I think that'd be, that's a, extremely similar story actually and hopefully it can be helpful to you yeah it does yeah i've seen a lot of uh posts where i've seen a lot of people get tagged because everyone like knows their stuff and just watch their stuff so yeah um if you 
you know, if, if everybody knows you as the music video person, then when music video opportunities show up, you know, they know who to go to. But if you want to be the, known as a sports guy, known as the football guy, you need to start, you know, finding those projects and basically change your front facing identity to, you know, it, let's say it's football to more football related. Um, Owen, mm-hmm. I know about Owen as well. Um, I actually, um, I almost hired him for a couple of projects, but we, I, I liked his stuff because I fa- I saw his stuff with Gronk and with Edelman and like that to me showed, hey, this kid knows what he's doing. Even though he's in high school, I was ready to hire him because of the work that he had on his page working with these football players, with these um, brands, high-level athletes. Like, I don't care what age you are. If you show that you can do it, then I will trust that you can do it for me and I will hire you. And that's how other teams think. Like, they're not, if they had to pick between person A and person B, and person A only did music videos, and person B only did football videos, and they're a football team they're most likely going to lean towards person B unless, you know, their interview was just horrible. But um, <laughs> another another piece of advice on that front is to figure out all the position names and, like, types of positions that are out there in the world you're trying to get to. For example, you want to get into football. Well, okay, there's a NFL team. In that NFL team, what are all the positions called that you could apply for or you could try to intern for or, like, what's your goal? Like, what is your end goal? What position do you want next to your name? Do you want it to say producer, content creator, social media manager, um, video director? Like, figure out those positions, especially at the teams that are around you. So that way you could start networking with the people that are already in those positions. And that way, you know, if one of those positions opens up, you know that there's a spot open and, you know, you try to reach out and say, hey, I heard blah, blah, blah opened up or I heard you guys added a content associate producer position. Like, how do I apply? Um, What's the process of getting my name in for that. So networking with the people that are in the positions that you're trying to get to is another great way yeah. to try to, you know, figure out the world you're trying to get into, if that makes sense. Yeah. Would that work for like other sports? Or like uh, say like the MLB or like the NBA or yeah. just basketball? Yeah. That would work baseball. for any sport, professional or collegiate. Um you know, if you, if I wanted to get into baseball, I, you know, I would say, okay, where am I at right now? Okay. I'm in Kansas city. What baseball team is the closest to me right now? All right. The Royals, who are all the content creators for the Royals right now? Sam Lutz. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only one I know, but X player, <laughs> person, B. Like Sam Lutz. <laughs> person B, person C, person D. All right. Let me follow all those people on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and just, you know, maybe if they post something, I'll just comment, yo, that was fire. That was awesome. Really love what you did with that edit. Um, maybe, you know, I like a couple of their stuff after a couple of weeks, maybe shoot them a DM. Hey, really like what you do. Like, do you have any advice on how to get into your position or whatever? Just start a relationship, start a conversation with those people who are in that current yeah. organization. And then, you know, there's not going to be a spot right away. There's, you know, they're not going to yeah. be like, oh, thanks yeah. for reaching out. Yeah, you want to be an intern? There's a spot right here. <laughs> this is something you got to build towards for like the next two years, three years, four years, five years. Like spots in these organizations don't open up every day, but they do open up and they do have seasonal internships and they do have availability you just have to be you just need to put yourself in the position to know about those availabilities um and that's the best way to do it is to try to connect with them and you know maybe a spot opens up and sam posts on his linkedin hey we're looking for a content creator come join us like and then you've already built that relationship with sam and now you can dm sam and say hey i saw you posted about that how 
how do I sign up for that? And I'm just using the Royals as an example because that's where I'm living at currently, and that's what my move would be right now. And while I'm doing that, sorry, this is a lot, but while you're doing that <laughs> at the high level, that's like the big picture. Every yeah. day, small picture, in the grind, I am going out to baseball fields and high school teams, middle school teams, college teams, and saying, hey, do you guys need a content creator? I'll shoot your games for free. DMing baseball players, DMing co collegiate baseball players. Hey, do you guys need content? I'll shoot your workouts. I'll shoot whatever. Like, I just want to shoot baseball. Like, will you let me shoot your baseball game, whatever, for free? That way, every day you're getting better as a baseball content creator. So when that position yeah. does open up, you're ready to attack. Yeah, I feel like I've had like an opportunity kind of to get my foot in the door with some connections, but it kind of didn't work out. I uh, kind of blew it. I but. just got to keep keep plugging away at that, you know? It's like you can hear yeah. a million no's, but one really good yes could be what opens the door for you. Yeah. Any other questions? Um. Yeah, this one's more with like video editing and like, um, like post-production. So LUTs and color grading, like which one do you prefer in your videos? So, well, I think both. I don't, I personally wouldn't recommend just like slapping a LUT on there uh, and letting it run because you need to correct the footage and grade it, you know, customly to every clip because your lighting is going to change. Your, maybe your mood and your tone is going to change. Um, but I personally am a fan of what I think, um, you know, they, they help with, with, with the mood. And I think that in this industry, like there's so much depth to it. And because there's so much to learn, like you can learn, like what's is a great place to start. You know, one day you can be color grading everything extremely manually. Um, but what's is a great way to learn how to understand and work with the dynamic range of all your footage and things like that. Um, you can actually also make your own LUTs. You mm -hmm. can look it up on YouTube and figure that out, which is fun. Um, but yes, that personally is what I prefer. Billy, what about you? Uh, yes. Um, the question kind of doesn't make sense to me. Again, I'm from YouTube University, so I don't have professional knowledge of this. But when you say like LUTs or color grading, which one would you rather pick? To me, I'm picking both. Like you don't have to yeah, choose so. just one. Like I'm only going to use a LUT or I'm only going to color grade. To me, I like to use LUTs to begin and get a baseline mm -hmm. and then color grade on top of that to make, to make it, to adjust it to more of my style or my vibe or what I'm going for because a so LUT. So you use both? Yes, I do both. Yes. Okay. Um, I shoot in the flattest profile. I put it in Premiere. And I, I use a pretty generic LUT. It's the Amira LUT. It's already pre-programmed in Premiere. Um, and that just gets a na natural, solid, like, base for your colors. But then after that, if I want to change a certain color or change some exposure levels, like, I'll go and do that per clip manually. Um, so I would say both. Um, now, there are, like, those more, like, specific vibe LUTs, like, the orange mm -hmm. teal LUTs and like, you know, there's obviously a million LUTs out there and I don't really use those. Like, um, the more colorful LUTs, the more like, um, specific vibe LUTs. I don't really use those. I just use the basic, make my footage look better than flat LUT. And then from there I'll go in and kind of tweak it and, you know, make the changes that I want to make. But that's, my advice there would be, yes, it's okay to use LUTs. It's okay to not use LUTs and just color grade, but it's also okay to use both. And I would recommend using LUTs to get, you know, your footage to here and then taking it the next step by doing your own color grading on top of it. Okay. Strong agree. <laughs> Strong agree. Any other questions? Uh, no, that's it. All right. Yeah. So yeah, thank sweet. you so much for uh, calling in and asking those questions. Um, good luck to you getting into whichever industry you're trying to get into. Uh, if you ever need help, you can always DM and reach out. Um, but yeah, have a good rest of your week and your weekend. And thanks for calling in. Yeah. All right, thank you guys so much. Thanks.
Those are some good questions from Jonathan. Um, shout out Jonathan. Yeah, shout out Jonathan. Thank you so much for calling in and being the only caller. Uh, it is okay, Tay. Just because there's one call-in does not inflect on you as a person. It just it's I just didn't the even way think anyone was going to call in. Hey, at least we got one. You know, Andre Robinson, <laughs> episode six. You know Andre, right? From, from no, the Clippers. I don't know Andre. Okay, well, he he's the um, content creator from the Clippers. He, to me, is like one of the all-time goats of content creators. His episode, he had zero mm. call-ins, and I was so confused. Like, Damn, that's crazy. Like, nobody wants to talk to this guy? He's, this free <laughs> knowledge right here. I wish I knew when Sam Lutz was on, I would have called him myself. <laughs> yeah, Sam <laughs> was our second episode. He was my first guest, actually. He was like... He was the first person I interviewed. Oh, yeah, wasn't he there in person? Yeah, we, we did it in person. Um, so that's why the audio is perfect. And um, we were just like, let's just do this, see what happens. And it, it turned out well. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad we got one caller in, and I'm glad I didn't have to get my intern Noah to call in and fake like a caller. <laughs> so, all right, great question from Jonathan. Let's keep going. We got a couple more things, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, yeah, he has some good questions about, like, you know, He's doing things one way, music videos. Now he wants to kind of transition into sports. Um, is there an industry that you saw yourself going into or were you just like, I'll film whatever? Um, what, were, what was your experience with like football versus soccer versus music videos versus travel videos? Um, yeah, I think that me, the avenue was always going to be sports. I knew I wanted to tell impactful stories from athletes perspectives. Cause that's really what drives home, drives it home for me. Um, it's relatable and it's influential. It's pretty crazy. The amount of, you know, influence that athletes have in our world today and the ability that they have to inspire the younger generation. And that was always important for me. Um, so I knew I wanted to go in the direction of sports. And then I also knew the direction I didn't want to go. And I think that this is important. I think like as a, creative, you need to be able to say no, if there's projects or things that you don't want to be working on, because, you know, one of my favorite quotes ever is it's absolutely, absolutely stupid to be doing things you don't like by Alan Watts. And I think there's so much pressure in the, in the creative world or in the freelance world with, you know, job opportunities and all these different avenues of video and, and types that you feel like, okay, if I'm not doing all this, then I'm not keeping up. But at the end of the day, like for me, uh, filming somebody's wedding like scares me. God forbid I don't hit record when they say their vows and the, and the, and the post schedule on that is crazy as well. Yeah. It's a great job and it's extremely good pay, but for me, I'm just not passionate about it. And so I always really stay self-aware on things that I didn't want to be working on. So just as much as you should try and figure out what you do like, you should try and figure out what you don't like. Yeah. Saying no is a very important um, skill to have that I did not learn about till recently. I used to be a yes, 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 like, yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll do it. Yes, yeah, I'll do too. it. Oh, it's free? Yes, I'll do it. Oh, <laughs> yes, I'll do it. What, what do you want me to do again? Okay, yeah, like, I would say yes yep, before I even knew what the project was, the scope, the deadline, like, I'm, just give it to me, I'll do it. And I think there's there's some you know, positives out of that, you, you become like the go-to guy and like, or gal, and you become like, a, you know, if you make yourself available, like people are going to reach out to you and, you know, you could find work and projects that you probably wouldn't have found out about if you just said no. But there is a point where saying no is very, um, very important to be able for, for you to like, um, prioritize other certain projects and like understand that you can't overwhelm your workload day in and day out for, you know, years and years and years. You could probably do it for a year. You could probably do it for two. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not, not sustainable, it's not sustainable yeah. for um, the rest of your career, which is what I've come to learn this past, um, basically this year, 2020 and the year before um, is just like, it's okay to say no. It's okay to not get that project and let someone else have it um, as long as you're doing the projects that you want to do and the projects that are, you know, you're passionate about. Um, that's all that matters because now you have time yep. for those projects. Um, you've mentioned earlier a couple of times about self-awareness and 
kind of knowing, you know, being aware of yourself and just like knowing, you know, things that could help or and help or not help you uh, in your career. Um, how did you learn to be aware of that? And um, what what advice would you have to those that don't really know how, you, how to use that muscle? Yeah, I think um, I've always been a very self-aware person, which my old boss used to tell me all the time. Um, I didn't even know that, which is extremely ironic. But, <laughs> you weren't self-aware that you were self-aware. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. Um, so I think uh, understanding your weaknesses and your, like understanding your weaknesses are just as important as understanding your strengths. And I know for me, if I'm not passionate about a project, I procrastinate like really bad on it. Um, and you know, everybody has their things for me. That's like my biggest downfall. So once I learned that about myself, I, I like took a step back and I, I assess the situations that I put myself in now. Am I passionate about this project? Is this important to me? Is it impactful? If it's not, then I'm not going to get into it because I'm just going to procrastinate it. And it's going to be like, uh, this weight on my shoulders every single day, you know, the creative grind and when you're working on projects. And so I think, you know, once you can admit that to yourself, like, Hey, I'm not good at X, Y, and Z, then that's how you become self-aware. And then you can take whatever you learn. And now you know what to avoid. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, as we just mentioned, it's okay to not just be a yes person all the time. Um, I think it's really, really important in the creative space. I think also being self-aware is like admitting, having a sense of humility and, and admitting that, you know, there's so much that you don't know. I'm a big advocate of making sure like that. Sometimes it's known that I'm just making it up as I go because it's such a relatable feeling. And I think a lot of young creatives need to like understand and know that it's okay to start from zero slash below zero and make mistakes and grow from there because ultimately that's how you're going to you're going to grow the most. I think there's a lot of people sometimes in their careers where they just want to like puff their chest out and say, I knew it. I've known it. I'm going to keep knowing it. Um, I don't really know many people like that, which is great, but it's definitely not the right attitude to take on. So, you know, being self-aware and knowing what you're bad at and that it's okay to not know everything is going to be a huge advantage in your creative career. If you can really hone in on that, on that muscle. I mean, it, it took me until like post-college to kind of kind of almost become a little more self-aware about strengths and weaknesses and, you know, think about my actions and not just, you know, go with the flow. Um, So it's Mm -hmm. definitely something that needs to be like, I feel like you need to work on it. You can't just, you know, it's not like it's in fifth grade and you're like, oh, whoa, that's, I'm a weak, like those are my weaknesses or whatever. (laughs) Like um, it, it takes time to learn those things. And it's super important to actually learn you know, what you, what you like, what you don't like, what you're good at, what you're not good at. And that way you can adapt to your, your current situation. Um, do you have any mentors or influencers that got you to where you're at now or that got you started um, on this creative journey? My creative journey was, um, it started as an independent one, which is why it started so slow because I was literally figuring everything out as I went along. Um, but then I started crossing paths with people who were very influential to my career, people that taught me things. Uh, people at Fresh Tape were really the first people that I had been around that knew what they were doing since at that point I was only like really a year into my freelance career, not even actually. So um, Avalon from Fresh Tape, Max Huggins of Fresh Tape, uh, pretty well known in the creative space these days. You know, my boss, Jared was great. Um, and when I came out here, I feel like everybody that I'm on the team with at this point is a mentor to me, uh, especially my boss, my boss, Taylor. So, um, for me, it was just a continuous flow of people that I would continue to come in contact with that helped me grow in in little ways, I would say. But nice. I'm a huge, huge believer in mentors. If you can find them, take them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Do you have any, Billy, mentors? Um, I don't. Again, I was self-taught, you know, YouTube University. Yeah. I didn't really have um, really a mentor. I would say, 
I mean, not a mentor, but just someone who just put out content that helped kind of shaped the way I think now is Gary V. I'm sure many of you know about him. Um, I listened to a lot of his stuff my first year out of college when I was a um, intern at the Chiefs. And that was mm-hmm. kind of my kind of turning point from being a like shy and, you know, not so confident in himself creative to like, okay, I can do this. Um, like, I'm good at this. I'm confident in my work. Let me go shoot the Super Bowl. Like, like to, that, that's what, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's kind of what flipped me is Gary V. Um, and that's sometimes I tell yep. people that like, if you need a, like a mindset reset, like a mind shift to like, listen to Gary V for like six months. Like I'm talking about podcasts, video content, Instagram, YouTube, like just consume him for six months. And I know there's some people that hate him. There's some people that don't, don't agree with him, but he changed the way I, you know, saw things and the way I went about my business. I became way more self-aware. I became more confident to even get to a point of like starting a podcast. Like I would never have started a podcast back in when I was a co- like knowing me in college, like talking to people and cold DMing and all that stuff. It was not me prior to that year of like consuming Gary Vee. So I, I don't consider him a mentor, but he's definitely a very influential person um, in my life. And um, we're yeah, going- Yeah, he's actually influenced me the most probably out of anyone, Gary Vee. Oh, snap, let's go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, he was, yeah, I like, um, I, I'm a huge fan of him. I think yeah. I probably spent about a year of my life, probably last year where I really consumed a lot of things that he said. Um, and if you know him, you know, you don't have to really listen beyond that because there's like three or four points and he just drives home in different ways. And once yep. you learn him, you learn him and then you keep him with you. Yeah. Yep. I've, I've learned a ton from him. So that's fun to know that you like him too. Yeah. I, I love Gary Vee. And yeah, like you said, I don't listen to him anymore. Like there, there gets to a point where he says in his content, if you're listening, listening to me in like six months or in a year, then you're not, you're not like you're not doing it. Like that's yeah. not what I want you to do. I don't want you to listen to me. I want you to go out and do your own thing. And so I don't listen to him anymore. Like I'll look at the occasional posts here and there just cause I still follow him, but I'm not actively seeking out his content. And um, yeah, it was a me total well, game thing. changer. It's, it's crazy. Um, let's, since you asked that question, let's flip it for the next couple of minutes. I'm gonna let you give you the opportunity to ask me questions. Um, I like to flip it at the oh, end. Sweet. So. The microphone is yours. All right. Okay. Um, so I know you do a, a ton of football work, obviously. Um, so dope the stuff that you do with the Chiefs and getting to be, you know, right there, front and center of everything going on. Um, you put out content like a, a savage. So much football stuff going on. I guess I'm interested in, is, is that kind of the space that you want to be in for a long time? You have like a goal with your career. Um, and I know you have let it fly media, so that definitely really interests me on what you're planning on doing in the future. Yeah. So, um, let's start with football. Uh, I, you know, growing up wasn't really into football, but then I started watching a little bit of NFL. I'm from Dallas. So I was a huge Cowboys fan and then, you know, went to college and football was just always there. Like you had college football, you have high school football, like it seemed that football was always a part of my life growing up. Um, and so I, I started to get into it. My roommates junior year were football players. And that's when, um, I got even more interested. Cause like, wow, like I know these guys on the team, like those are my friends, those are my roommates and they're on the team and you see them on TV. And that's kind of where the dream of working in football or just working with athletes in general kind of generated from and as I started to look for work after college I would um, I was open to anything um, you know applying to baseball applying to basketball applying to corporate Um, what I told people was my dream position back then in college was I wanted to be the videographer for the U.S. men's national team in soccer. Like that was my dream position um, because I really loved traveling and I also really like soccer. 
So I figured that'd be like the perfect combination of like getting to travel to like other countries and whatnot and like filming them play. Um, That was like my goal. But, you know, I would check the U.S. soccer website every day and there wasn't really any positions. Um, So I would just apply to any team, any sport, any league I could find on like Teamwork Online and on NCAA Marketplace. And I got a lot of rejections. I got a lot of no's um, just because I didn't really have the experience in college of a sports content creator. Um, But thankfully, the Chiefs, you know, even though they said no to my full-time application, they said, well, we do have a intern seasonal position. Would you like that? And I was just like, yes, I'll take it. I don't care. I just need one opportunity. Um, So really thankful that the Chiefs gave me an opportunity to intern there. And that's when things got like really real. Um, I, you know, became a huge Chiefs fan because you're just in it every day. So you have to know all the players, you know, the history. I didn't care about the Cowboys anymore. Um, <laughs> I, we, we had a solid team. You know, we had Alex, it was Alex Smith last year. Um, but then that was my Gary V phase. So I'm like grinding a way to be like, well, I'm not full-time yet, so I need to be like putting in work. So I put in hours and hours as an intern, and I was leaving after everyone else left. I was trying to get there um, earlier than everyone else and just putting in, you know, all the hours and work that I could to prove like, hey, you guys should keep me for next season um, and not let me go. Thankfully, a spot opened up. I applied to that full-time spot. They gave it to me, and I became full-time the following season. And that's Patrick Mahomes MVP season. And that's oh, when good like, season. yeah, very good season. I kind of managed to put myself into the position of the main social media producer. So most all of the social content going on to Chiefs pages that season was from me. And of course, it's Patrick Mahomes MVP year. He's going off. I'm going off because of that social content is so easy when you have an MVP player like Patrick and numbers are going crazy. And that's how Ben and Andrew at Let It Fly Media found out about me um, through that kind of season of just great content and, you know, viral memes and uh, hype videos and all that. And that's how they hired me on to Let It Fly. Um, which was the second part of your question, like goals and future of Let It Fly Media. Basically, um, they started it by themselves, the two of them, a couple of years ago, and I was their first hire. So I was I left the Chiefs, which is like an NFL organization, to join these two random dudes who DM'd me and was like, hey, do you want to go get dinner and like – uh, you know, just like, we'd love to learn more about you, blah, blah, blah. And like to join that startup. And um, it's one of the best decisions of my life, but also one of the scariest because like you're leaving. Good for you. You're leaving like, you know, a f- organization that's as strong as the Chiefs and especially now since they won the Super Bowl um, and joining like a question mark organization. There's only two other people in the company, you're the the very, very, very first hire. Like it was very scary and very daunting, but I joined them one and a half years ago. And so now we're here one and a half years later. And by quarter one of next year, we will have 17 people total on staff, which is is insane to think about. I think we have like 12 or 13 right now. I don't even know. Like I, I I've lost track after 10. Um, Good for you. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been a heck of a grind. It's been an amazing decision to leave the team atmosphere to join the agency life. And in terms of future and goals, it's it's just to make it as big as possible, grow it as big as possible, um, and just try to develop a you know kick ass team of creatives um, under under us. Well, good for you. I'm glad that you're loving your career and the future is looking good. That's always that's always fun. Yeah, it's it, it worked out perfectly because even though I left the Chiefs, like you know, I was full time at the Chiefs. My favorite part was shooting the football games, 
And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm about to leave. I'm not going to be able to shoot football games anymore. Like, that kind of sucks. That, that that was part of the de- decision process. That was part of the de- the decision making process. But then, you know, I left the Chiefs and I reached out to the NFL and was like, hey, I worked for the Chiefs for two years. Like, I know what I'm doing. You guys should hire me as an LCC. And Russell was like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Like, let's <laughs> let's try you out at the uh, preseason game. We'll test you out. And like, I went. I crushed it, and he was like, "Well, you're hired." Oh, it's so funny. Hey, worth it though. All right, couple last things before we hop off. Um, three creatives that people should know about and follow on social. Blocks films. Sam Lutz is like probably like he's so good. Yes, he's amazing. Like he just has stuff that doesn't look like other people's stuff. You know, his photos are some unreal. People are just separated. Yeah. Um, and then I also think. This is such a hard question. Uh, Cameron Good. Cameron Good, I love it. Should be it. called Cameron Great because he's so great. <laughs> Should be Cameron Goat. <laughs> his edits are There's insane. There's one of those dad jokes. Yeah, the the. <laughs> I was um, waiting for the that. Speed at, yeah, the speed at which he puts out create creativity is is amazing. Um, and he's an awesome guy. I got to work with him on uh, one project when I was with Fresh Tape. Um, and he's a, a great dude. So big things coming from him. I think he's been working with ESPN just in this past month, Sports Center. He deserves all of it. Um, and so fun to watch. So yeah, those are definitely my three. Nice. Uh, Cameron is actually yeah. a future guest of this podcast. Um, Sweet. We've, we've been talking. I, I will. We've been talking for a little bit about it, um, but he's been busy with those freaking ESPN edits. So we're still trying to find there a time go. on the schedule. But those are three solid creatives that everyone should follow. So make sure you go check those people out. Um, one last question from me before the final thing, which is just plugging yourself. But what is your future slash goals for your career? I really want to have a a full career of telling important stories. And I want to be able to have a hand in them from the writing side to the production side to the post-production side. Um, and I don't know if that's always so common where you're so involved in the three phases of a project, but for me, I'm so I'm passionate about all three and I want to grow my skills in all three. Um, and I want to be able to tell stories that matter and tell stories that are important. Um, there's a couple of videos like I've seen in my life that I still think about often or the, they influence me in a certain way. And that's just kind of the, the art that I want to create. Um, I think it's also important to me at Blue Ox to, you know, continue to be in a place that doesn't feel like work, which here it does not. Um, and I'm just looking forward to growing here. I think it's important in your career to make sure that you are like the worst person in the room at everything that you're doing, because that's how you grow. And here that's me. I, I consider myself the worst in the room at everything. Because the, the guys in this on this team are just like exceptional, exceptional in every way. And I feel like literally every day I come in here and I leave more knowledgeable than literally eight or 10 hours or 14 or 16 hours, however long we're in here, um, than I did when I walked in. And so I'm just looking forward to growing as a creative, telling important stories along the way. And for the most part, just like having an insane amount of fun while doing it. Yep, because if you're not having fun, then what's the point? I love it. That's a really great answer. Um, all right, oh, very, thanks, very last thing. I want you to plug yourself, your Instagram, your Twitter, your social, and then one last piece of advice for those listening right now who aren't, you know, at that spot where you know they're just having fun or they're doing what they want to do. They're maybe a college student, maybe they're a high school student, maybe. They just recently graduated. They're still figuring things out. Um, what's your last piece of advice or message you want to tell them? But first, plug yourself. Sure. So uh, my Instagram is uh, tayross.tayross. Um, I think I'm like relatively active. I go in and out of spurts, but I think Instagram is a great place to be an, an outlet for creativity. Um, my Twitter is tayross, tayross with no dot in the middle. I freaking love Twitter. Like Twitter humor is unmatched. Uh, I think Twitter is meant for a good time. Um, shoot. What else? Uh, I think you guys should definitely follow the blue ox Instagram. It's blue dot ox. Uh, I'm actually going to get to have my hand in, in, in a lot of their social and their marketing coming up in the next year and telling kind of 
our story as a company. So you can follow us along there. It's going to be very fun. Uh, I think that that's it. Is that everything? Those are the socials that I use. Just that last piece of advice. Yeah, I think, um, I think put, put, just take, take the time to do that outreach and to learn and those go hand in hand because this is a very hands-on industry and you're going to learn the most when you're actually out there doing it. And I think, you know, a lot of young creatives are probably around the college time, if not high school. And like in today's day and age, it's really easy to kind of finish your day and like go get lost in Netflix for like five or six hours, which, Hey, there's nothing wrong with it. We all do it. But like take a break every couple of days or whatever, and spend those hours really trying to move your career forward. You know, we're all busy. Some of us are students and athletes and we work and those types of things, but there's always going to be a couple of hours in the day that you can utilize to try and learn or grow and move your career forward. I think that's ultimately what's going to put you, you know, in the position that you want to be in whenever you're ready to take that next step in your career. Yo, phenomenal advice from a phenomenal person. You got to put in the work. You got to put in the hours now so you're ready to roll when opportunity rolls by in the future. Don't just sit there and let your day go to waste. Put in the work if you want to get better. If you're okay with where you're at now and you don't want to get better, you're good with where you're at, then, you know, don't listen to me. Don't listen to Tay. Just do your thing. But if you are in a position where you're looking up to the next level and figuring out, man, how do I get there? What do I do? Put in the work. Learn as much as you can from YouTube, from Google, from mentors, from class, from college. Learn everything you can learn and you'll be better off for it in the future. Thank you so much, Tay Ross, for being on the podcast. Thank you for all your amazing answers. Tay Ross University is about to pop off with some of its first alumni. Shout out to Jonathan for calling in. This podcast is nothing without the call-ins. And thank you to everyone else for supporting and listening to the podcast. Make sure to download, subscribe, follow, all of the things for the podcast. Get the shot on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. My name is Billy Quash, and I'll catch y'all on the next one. Deuces.